Hello, and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers, who had never seen Survivor before, started from the very beginning. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris, and this week we're going to talk about Season 19, Episodes 8, 9, and 10 of Samoa. But before that... Uh, we've got season 46 coming up before too long, and they've announced the contestants. Yeah. And... These contestants, Chris, I've looked at it a little bit more than I have in the past. Uh, they seem wild. They're like all characters. So what I, I'm going to do it a little bit differently this time instead of doing the normal like lightning round of questioning. What I did was I copy and pasted their entire questionnaire into chat GPT. And ask ChatGPT to give me a three-sentence summary of the person based off of all of their answers to the question. Oh, I like that. Okay. And so I just thought I would do like, um, I'll actually do it by tribe. So we'll go through like one tribe of people this week, one next week, and one the week after. Um, and just maybe general thoughts about the person after hearing their description. These are pretty long sentences. Chat GPT didn't do the best at making them like three concise sentences. Well, I mean, did but... you ask Chat GPT for three concise sentences? No. I feel like maybe it gave exactly what you told it to do. That's fair. All right. So the new season is made up of three tribes. One of those tribes, the green tribe, is called Siga or Siga, probably Siga. Um, and one of those contestants is Ben Katzman. And the summary that ChatGPT gave for him it was, oh, I will say also, I found that the questions and answers, because people were answering questions in like the first person, didn't know the gender of the person or the chosen pronouns of the person or whatever. And so sometimes they'll refer to like men as women, like she, her, or whatever in the summary. I didn't go through and edit that. And so we'll just see how it goes. Okay. Uh, so, I'm assuming that Ben is a man. I'm assuming that also. Uh, ben okay. Katzman, at 31, this Miami-based musician is described as motivated, energized, and passionate with a love for playing guitar, doodling, and beach relaxation. Having taken a significant risk by leaving his successful independent record label at 25 due to a loss of personal fulfillment, he values being alive today, cherishing his journey, and is proud to teach students how to express themselves through the arts. Despite appearing as a laid-back rocker surfer, he emphasizes his high emotional intelligence capable of reading a room while maintaining his fun-loving and goofy personality. Yeah, you weren't lying about those being some run-on sentences. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Uh, so I, Rob on the podcast, uh, has someone that works with them, Mike Bloom, who also does the, the interviews for Parade Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have been releasing, like, some of his interviews uh with people and i've listened to eight of the 18 so far uh and one of them was ben um i think that ben is going to be really good tv but like i think he's going to be a pre uh okay. that's my that's my hot take on ben uh he does one fun thing that was not in that chat gbt paragraph is that he uh Talked about how he often practices transcendental shreditation, and he likes shredding a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said that he like just always uses the word shred all the time. Says like, "Oh yeah, let's let's shred that up." Let's. He said that he plans on using it a lot on the island of like, 
Oh, yeah, I'll shred that fire. Uh, oh, so shredding is not like... I, I assumed that that was meditation through, like, shredding paper or something. No, it's, like, guitar shredding, like... Mm. But he okay. also just uses it for everything as a catch-all verb. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm excited to see Ben. Like, I think it's going to be interesting. But I just don't know that he'll last. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Cool. All right. He also nice. described himself as a real-life uh, Dewey Finn, which is Jack Black's character in School of Rock. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's fun. All right, next we've got, from the same tribe, we have Charlie Davis. Is that right? Yeah, Charlie Davis, same tribe. Uh, Charlie Davis is a 26-year-old law student from Manchester-by-the-Sea, Massachusetts, currently residing in Boston. He is described as a loyal, funny, fun-loving, and competitive with a passion for serious running, debating, and board games. Despite the outward appearance of being funny and goofy, he takes immense pride in being elected varsity cross-country captain twice, showcasing his dedication and determination, and shares a hidden quality, the intensity with which he fights for the people he loves, not immediately evident upon first glance. Ooh. That's a, some good writing, ChatGPC. That was uh, only two sentences. Maybe I narrowed it down to two sentences at some point, or maybe they just... Yeah, I must have changed it to two. I also heard Charlie's interview, and the other thing is that he's a real Swifty, so rooting for him. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think the law student, like the young law student energy, uh, is sometimes like, nah, get out of here, and sometimes it's like, sticks around for a while. Um, I feel like it like really just depends on if, really if his tribe wins a lot or not. Like, yeah. I think that if he has time... If they lose first, he might be first out. But if he has some time to build those relationships, he might be set for a long time. Having a one of his three passions listed as debating isn't great for most stuff on the island, I feel like. You gotta like tone that down. People don't want to just argue, I feel like, but yeah. We'll see. Um next up we have Jamila Hussein Adams, who I believe will be going by Jem. Um and her summary is... I know nothing about this person, for the record, except what you're about to tell me. A th she, a 32-year-old international brand mentor hailing from Burbiskiana, now residing in Chicago, is described as a motivated, resilient, and hilarious individual with favorite hobbies including binge-watching TV, working out, and driving. Known for taking risks such as moving to the U.S. with minimal resources, bungee jumping, and surviving the challenges of a new life, this person is most proud of persevering in the U.S. against the odds, and is and interestingly, people might not guess that they are from South America, and not Indian based on appearance. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Okay. Uh. I'm really just keep coming back to her hobby is driving. Um. Throws me off a little bit. I mean, like, I guess I, love I know driving. a lot of people that like driving, but like. I feel like usually there's like a driving and listening to music or driving and X and not just like just the driving. Uh, Cause you're not going to get to drive on the island. I don't know. We've seen it happen. That's true. We have seen it happen. Um, yeah. I feel like I have mixed feelings on Jim. Uh, I feel strong. I think she's going to make it far. Immigrant okay. fighting. Like they know how to fight, you know? Yeah, I have a fear that she is, like, like a lot of that bio, and maybe this is not how she talks, 
but a lot of that bio is like here is my story about how far i've come and some people might be like that's in the past like i don't care or like i need to get you out because you have a good sob story i think the second is maybe more likely i feel like in the new era people appreciate that but would maybe see it as being bad but i yeah i don't know i feel good about jim okay um next up there's no stealer in the draft that's exactly what i was hoping you would do next up we have uh maria shrine gonzalez maria is a 48 year old parent coach from dallas texas known for being determined loyal and resilient has taken significant risks including moving to costa rica to teach english shaping transformative experiences while accomplished in various aspects of life, she is most proud of birthing her three children at home on her terms without medication, highlighting her empowerment and perseverance. Additionally, her diverse experiences include eating sheep's head in Morocco, being Miss February in a salsa vixen swimsuit calendar, and getting lost on the Champs-Élysées in Paris. Not learning how to whistle and having an obsession with untying knots, revealing a multifaceted and adventurous personality. Um... It said the gem was from South America. Where in South America is gem from? Gem's from Guyana. Oh, okay. But lives like, in Chicago. From... Gotcha. I was like, if she's from Costa Rica, which I get is more Central America, that could be like a good thing. Uh, I don't think. And I then Mariah was yet. not from, or Maria was not from Costa Rica. She moved there to teach. I mean, she yeah, might... but there's still like a connection of like, oh, you're yeah. from Costa Rica. I've been to Costa Rica. Let's talk about Costa Rica. Um, I so a couple things about is it Maria, Mariah? Yep, it's one of those. I think okay. it's probably Maria. Okay. Uh, from that, it sounds like oh, I've traveled the world. I've gone to Morocco. I've gone to Costa Rica. I've gone to France. Uh, and like, it feels like this is just like another item on her bucket list and maybe she'll care less about the game and more about the experience and so i don't think she will go super far because of that also her first name starts with m and she is a woman and that's like the classic m curse that we learned about from marianne of women whose name starts with m tend to go first on their tribe so bye bye maria wait you said like marianne marianne beat that curse because she, gotcha. uh, the okay. first woman no, because she was also with a Mariah. And so Mariah took the took the bullet so Marianne could win. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I summed it up in my notes. Patrick thinks she won't go far because she's a woman. All right, next. Whose um, name starts with M. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree with you on the, like, in her list of, like, ex diverse experiences uh, of just, like, listing so many different, like, places she's been and things she's done that she's very much going to be like about the experience and maybe not the game so much we shall see uh next up we have mariah gainer same tribe another m oh, woman well maybe this person oh one of them's out first mm. so mariah is a 24 or 28 year old program coordinator from boca raton florida currently what the fuck did like what does that mean that could mean anything Currently residing in San Diego, is described as driven, quirky, and sentimental, with favorite hobbies including beer brewing, surfing, and Dungeons and & Dragons. Despite being a go-getter and organizer for events, that I think is maybe answering a little bit of your... Kind of. What kind outrage. of events? 
What does this mean? This individual reveals a vulnerable side, expressing how much they second-guess themselves. They took a significant risk by moving to California with uncertainties about relationships, employment, and friendships, showcasing a bold and adventurous spirit. Uh, See, if we're going with the M curse, I think she's going to be the one to go, because second-guessing yourself is going to be rough on Survivor, because you're going to get paranoid. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not high on either of these M's. This, I don't... Maybe Ben's looking a little better to me, actually. Uh, I don't know that I like it, many of these people on this tribe. Um, I think this is going to be the hot mess tribe. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. One more. Last one we have is Tim Spicer. Tim Spicer, 31-year-old college coach from Arlington, Virginia, currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia, describes himself as goal-oriented, a charismatic team player, and a strategic thinker. Taking significant risks in his life, he attributes... Applying to graduate school as a pivotal moment, leading to acceptance and enrollment in a program where he became one of six African-American males among a cohort of 216 students. Proud of various accomplishments, including parenthood, home ownership, and being called back by Survivor, he reveals two eye incidents from childhood involving a metal hanger and mistakenly using nail glue instead of eye drops. <laughs> okay, I like this guy. He, he has one of the interviews also i haven't been listening to him i was just have just been like skimming through and reading them a little bit um he's i i like him based off of what i like skimmed in there i do have slightly more details about the eye incidents because um i kind of looked through some of their bios to pull out extra stuff um so in the question of what is something we would never know from looking at you he said i've had two eye incidents during my lifetime during my childhood, I got a metal hanger stuck in my eye after jumping off a table. Everything's wow. fine. I live to see another day. Yeah. Years later, after watching my aunt administer eye drops, I too gave it a try. However, I picked up the nail glue instead of the clear eyes. I glued my left eye shut, which remained closed for two weeks. The doctor said it would dissolve and open eventually. Everything's fine. I live to see another day. That's fun. I, uh, I had my own personal eye incident in my youth. Mm-hmm. So maybe what, what what caused that incident? Do you are you asking for our audience or do you not remember yeah. yourself? No, I'm asking for the audience. I remember. A Christmas tree fell in my eye. I was trying to help decorate and I was trying to put a Christmas tree up onto like a like a little like mini Christmas tree, uh still pretty big, like a I don't know, four foot Christmas tree mm -hmm. up onto a table that we had in our bedrooms at the time and uh was unsuccessful. I was like I don't know, eight years old, nine years old, maybe. Uh, and it fell back and fell and scratched my cornea. And I had to wear an eye patch for a few weeks while it healed. It like um, legit took a chunk out of your eye. No, I think it just scratched my retina. Oh, I like to have vivid memories of like having like a little like, I don't know, little piece out of your eye. Oh, maybe. I mean, my eye's fine now for the most well, part. Yeah, yeah. Not any worse than it was before. Uh, I did a... Uh, when that happened, I walked out to our living room where our mother was and said, like, was crying and asking for help. And she said, stop crying. You'll be fine. I'm, I'm busy. And sent me away. And I was like, no, 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 no. Big injury, actually. Uh, and I never let her live that down. I mean, you were fine. She wasn't wrong. Like, you put an eye patch on and that was the fix. I, like, went to the eye doctor and they did shit. Yeah, they were like, here's an eye patch. Arr. Yeah, so I was a pirate for Christmas. Um, 
from that trap. So I put all of the contestants or they were kind of already in there, but I set up a simulation of the season on that Brant Steele website. And from that oh, tribe, nice. one of the people, Mariah, the one who's well-traveled and has been everywhere and done everything, uh, or Maria, I think Maria, um, is the one that they said would win. Brent but that was wrong. also, I had to like pick a season that also had three six-person tribes. And the season I chose to base it off of didn't have a final three. They had a final two. So it's all weird, but maria was the winner of that simulation so next season or next week i mean we will talk about one of the other tribes that was siga we'll talk about yanu or nami and we'll do the other one the week after that and the week after that it'll be survivor 46 time yeah i'm so excited but we should probably talk about survivor 19 samoa samoa all hell breaks loose yeah it's merge time uh yeah so we ended last week um heading up to the merge and now we start after liz getting eliminated russell thinking the night after that they should stick together at the merge but they should each talk to different people of hopes to like try to bring a person or two in for the numbers because fofo is heading into this merge eight to four which is a rough imbalance um <laughs> so we go day 19 uh on Galoo, Laura says there's been some tension since her return. She says that Shambo clearly doesn't like her. And Laura's canteen is missing. She thinks Shambo may be the one that lost it. Um, Shambo tries to talk about how they, her and Laura always have these like weird interactions, relationship. And Laura says that that's just how she perceives it. And then we get um, tree mail and they head to a meetup and learn that there's going to be a merge. Um, they get new buffs, a tarp to paint a new sign. They have a merge feast. Russell's happy to see that all the FOFO people are mingling well, talking, making connections. And they all return to the merge camp, which is the Galoo camp. Uh, yeah, I thought that the that FOFO is like a uh, plan here of just like, you're going to go talk to these people. You're going to go talk to these people. You're going to go talk to these people and just like embed ourselves into Galoo. Mm-hmm. So like, each are getting some info and we are, you know, still working together but we're each trying to make our own ends was very well done i was impressed Mm -hmm. yeah i agree uh they pick a new team name or new tribe name which is iga which is samoan for family um yeah we get some more time uh day 20 russell shows laura his idol and asks her to take him to the top seven and and in exchange he'll give her him his idol um, and he says they can get rid of Fofo whenever they want, but they have to get rid of one glue, one of the glue guys first. Laura um, was like kind of on board at first, but didn't really like that. She's like, I've got 90% of the power compared to your 10%. Um, Russell goes and has basically the same conversation with Monica, but he, t- he tells Monica he can get, they can go to the top two um, and that he can use the idol to save her if she's on the chopping block. And then he has the same conversation with John. Um, But he tells John that uh, Laura should go next to end any girl power that might be happening. And John thinks that that is possible since they've got such big numbers on Foa Foa that they could like not have to focus on Foa Foa immediately and go for like Laura first. Yeah. Uh, We go to day 21. Um, Russell's talking to Shambo, trying to bring her in, says that they can get rid of Laura. 
Um, and they have like a montage of Russell telling all of the FOA FOA people. And we Shambo have... is like fully on board. Shambo yeah. does not. Yeah, like Shambo, Shambo hates Laura. Yes. Um, we go to the immunity challenge where they play T ball. We have to get a ball to land in a section with the highest points. And there will be two winners, two people with immunity, one woman and one man. Um, I was a little bit surprised by this because like often when they like separate the men and the women in a challenge, it is like a physicality, you know, highly physical challenge where they mm -hmm. don't want like men tackling women or something like that. Where this, I was like, I don't know that T-ball of gender difference here. Uh, yeah, I was, and I mean, like, the fem uh, a man would have won if they did it all together, but the Laura, who ends up winning for the women, would have gotten second place. Like, it, it was competitive. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, I guess maybe, yeah, I don't know the reasoning for that. Um, I was disappointed. It was another example. They do these challenges sometimes. It's often with these like kind of like sports game ones. Like they do it with like shooting a bow and arrow or like other things where they only get one shot at it. And it would be so much yeah. like it would be more interesting if they like could try it like or like get a shot at it and then learn. So if they had like three rounds at it, like they would learn about like how to hit it or how to aim or whatever. It's always disappointing when it's just like one time. Yeah, fully agree with that. Um, when Dave is up to bat, uh, they say, Danger Dave, is baseball your sport? And he says, no, making love is my sport. And he doesn't do it enough. Uh, that was a good line. I was, yeah. First thing I really remember about Dave. like, Yeah. He, he's uh, been getting more screen time, but like that, that was a good line from Dave. It was. Uh, uh, so this plays out. John wins for the men and Laura wins for the women. And so they both have immunity. We get some time back at camp before tribal council. Russell says to Shambo that he wants Monica gone um, because they can't go for Laura since she has immunity. She says that won't happen and that Erica or Eric and Laura are going to be the ones who decide who goes. Um, they talk about maybe Jason being the one to go. Er, Laura and Eric talk about Jason being the one to go next because uh, Russell has an idol. Uh, the Hidden Immunity Idol, Eric and John talk. John says Monica should go to weaken Laura. He convinces Eric by saying that he can still vote with Laura, which will hold her trust, but they have enough other people that can vote um, Monica out. Um, Eric takes us to the other guys. Dave thinks they should just go with FOA FOA people. Um, Eric tells Mick and Jason and Natalie to vote for Monica, but also to make Russell think he's going so that he plays his idol. And then Jason is like, maybe we go after Eric. And um, Natalie takes this idea to Laura. Um, I laughed. They shared this idea with Shambo. And she's like, who's Eric? Oh, our Eric? Uh -huh. Yes, just that was funny. Because I think her mind was just thinking of like only foe foe people. So when they said Eric, she's just like, wait, there's an Eric? Oh, no, our Eric. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So we head to tribal council. Um, I... So this was like very wild. There was a lot of conversations happening clear that this scramble was happening quickly, but also clear that like the switch to Eric was Jason and Natalie, like trying to make that happen. Like Russell was like, we saw a lot of Russell running the show onto a FOA 
And Russell was like cool with this, but was like, I'm not sure what's really going on. And this was Natalie and Jason doing the work, especially Natalie. Mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, Natalie is like getting in with all of the women, turning them against Eric and like forcing this to happen. Right. And I was impressed by that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was cool to see because like, I mean, these next few episodes just with how outnumbered Foa Foa is just watching them like um, stick around and just pick off Galoo is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, one thing I noted about Tribal Council was they like either forgot or haven't learned the idea of staggering seating. And so there's like 12 people just sitting in one long line where they're not like staggered and it's just, just like real weird looking. I was thinking that was weird looking and like, yes, that is what it is. I didn't like, I didn't spend enough time thinking about like, why does this look funky? But yeah. Um, Eric said he would be shocked if Fofo could pull off anything. Um, he kind of targets like Jason and some of his talking. Um, uh, I can't remember what made me think this, but I have it in my notes of when they go to vote, whoever has like the individual immunity, they get the option before they vote of passing it on to somebody. What, how do you think it would change things if they could pass it after the vote? Oh, I think that would change a lot. It's just like an individual immunity idol that has to be played. Right. I think though that would happen like once and then kind of never again. Because like, uh, if there's like discussion of someone passing it, the person that won immunity is going to get votes and like that's going to be embarrassing and then people aren't going to do it anymore. Oh, they won't want to like risk giving it up and then... They don't want to be the Eric Reichenbach. Right. From... Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Russell plays his hidden immunity idol. Uh, what what made you think of it, though, is that when Jeff asks, uh, John, who has one, says, never in my life, which I just, I clocked because I was like, that is more than just saying no, it's more interesting. But mm-hmm. also I was like, I wonder if he will at some point, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um. Yeah, so Russell plays his just in case. Um, but Eric ends up getting voted out 10 to 2, which is a votagami. First time that's ever oh, really? happened. And I noted I love I to see there probably like, haven't been many 12 person tribals before this. Right. Where everybody can vote. Um I love I noted that I love to see the cockiness fade from somebody's face, which happened as the votes rolled out. And then he was the first member of the jury. And I was like, oh shit. Even if this is a three person finale. That would be a nine-person jury, which is big. Yeah. And, like, a potential 3-3-3 tie. Yeah. Or if it's a two-person finale, that would be a ten-person jury, which is huge. Um, So, yeah, big jury. Uh, We head into the next episode. Tastes like chicken. Oh, I also think that this is why a couple episodes ago we were complaining about um, them not doing the double elimination when Russell got medevaced. And I think it's because they wanted jury to start here. And so if they would have done that double elimination, they would be down to 11 people already. Um, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So tastes like chicken. We start the night after tribal. Laura thinks it was dumb that Russell played his idol says that he will be gone next. She's wrong. Uh, day 22, Natalie stumbles across a large, like mouse sort of critter and kills it with a stick and a rock. They roast it up. It, I, think, I think it's a rat. You, 
not just a mouse sort of critter. It was well, I don't think it, I didn't think it was a rat. I thought it was more of like a like a field mouse sort of thing or something. Like oh, a, but maybe it was just a rat. I don't know. It didn't look like a rat to me. Oh, I thought it was just a rat. Should have done an animal corner. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. Um. So we go to after they roast and eat it. We go to reward challenge where there'll be two teams of five where they have to race to retrieve poles with white and black coconuts on them and then arrange those to form numbers and those numbers will be the combination for a combination lock that a blindfolded member will have to feel the numbers on the lock to try to uh undo it to get the win um the reward i liked is... this challenge i thought this was fun yeah i really liked it too i thought i i agree um the reward is a trip to this big rock slide which i totally misinterpreted i was like there's just like a constant like avalanche of rocks happening like okay <laughs> and then they got there and i was like oh they slide down rocks gotcha that makes yeah, it's sense. like a water slide made of rock yeah have you ever done one of these like a I, waterfall rock i have not there's one in a uh, ohio pile state park which is in pennsylvania even though it's called ohio pile um that kayla and i had been to many times uh we used to go there every year for a while um and there's a waterfall rock slide that i have done before uh it's a little scary it's a little rough yeah i i that's it seems fun. scary yeah. um because they have 11 and there's two teams of five there's an extra person that in this case is natalie and so she gets to pick which team she's going to support and if they win she wins if they lose she loses and so she picks uh the team that is russell mick laura jason and brett the obviously wrong choice oh i thought they were like I I thought she made the right choice. She picked the the team that has all of the foa foa people who have lost almost every challenge. Yeah, that's true. I just like looked at the makeup of the team and I was like, that team is more physical than the other team, like their like body makeup wise. Yeah, but that has not helped Jason and Russell in the past. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the other team ends up winning, not Natalie's team. And they go on the reward trip, which seemed fun. We find out they have a they get a clue there that another idol is hidden at camp, which is exciting. Is this the first time they've done rehiding of idols that we've seen in the early seasons? And it hasn't just been like ten clues for the same idol that they already know about. I think so, but I think it's also one of the first. Like this might be the earliest that an idol has been played. I can't think of idols being like. Often people get the idol and then just like don't play it or maybe play it at the very end. Uh, the only one I can think of is like Yao Man, but that was like final six. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if an idol has been played this early. Yeah. So maybe they had it planned out, but it wasn't played early enough or something. But it's also a fall season. And so this could be like a new thing they're trying out. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, they say because there's no FOA FOA people in this reward that they should just share this information with the glue people. Meanwhile, back at camp, Russell is looking for idols just in case of something like this. And he finds the idol, which I, I noted. I was like, damn, he found two idols with no clues. And then I was like, oh, that's just like the norm in modern day Survivor. They don't get clues where the idols are anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still like finding two idols. It would be impressive in modern Survivor, right. too. Yeah um so that's because everyone is looking for them and currently he's the only one looking yeah uh russell shows his idol to shambo 
Um, their plan current, like at that moment, is to let everybody else vote Russell, and then he'll play the idol, and then those two can vote out Laura. And so that is their plan as we head into the immunity challenge, where they have to use a grappling hook to retrieve a couple bags of puzzle pegs. Um, the three people that can do that the fastest advance to like the puzzle round. It was during this challenge that I was like, Kayla, I think that I have to go on Survivor just so because I want to use a grappling hook. Yeah. Uh, this was one. So we just saw a grappling hook used like last season, maybe. It was recent because they had to throw something out to hook stuff. And I was like, do they have to go for the one that's closest? Because I feel like they should go for the farther mm -hmm. one. And in this, at least in this challenge specifically, they did not have to go for the closest one because some of the players didn't. They went for the farther thing first. Yeah. Um, I think that I think you're right. That was in season 45. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was 45 or it was token sheens. Um, yeah. So Mick, Shambo, and Laura are the ones that use the grappling hook best and get to advance to the puzzle round. In the puzzle round, they have to, they get, they have two pegs. They have to figure out which one fits. And then when they put that one in the board, it'll release another one. And then they have to find where that one goes. But the key piece of information here is that only one of the original first two picks and what shambo does is the one that doesn't she just leaves in the tray and so like the new ones coming out keep coming down and at one point because shambo ends up losing this one she shouldn't have she had like a good lead here uh at one point shambo is seen holding like halfway through like when they've done multiple pegs is seen holding two pegs which means at some point she realized like she forgot which one was the right one because the yeah. other two competitors, when they figured out which one was the bad one, like threw it on the ground. So it was not in the way ever. So bad on you, Shambo. There was also a lot of just like trying things out and not like just looking, looking at the shape of the peg. Which Russell shouted or said so many times, like, just look at it. Just look yeah. at it. <laughs> yes. Which yeah. Laura was excellent at. This I was like, this is a fun it was it's not really a puzzle it's more of just like a spatial awareness like keeping challenge. your composure sort of thing too yeah and just like identifying weird shapes mm -hmm. uh that like i don't know was a fun skill that i thought uh, this was a well-designed challenge i liked yeah. it yeah laura uh came way back um she i mean she was barely in this part to begin with her and russell got their grappling hooks on their second puzzle bag like at the same time and she just barely got it in over russell and then she was real bad at untying the knots that the two original pegs were in but had a huge comeback to win immunity um and so russell and shambo's plans are gonna have to change since laura has immunity uh remember like last week when we recorded and i was like there's a laura in this season and now suddenly she's a main character <laughs> yeah, yeah uh -huh. <laughs> i thought the exact same thing um, Russell tells Jason about the idol that he found and they take this to Natalie and Mick. Russell tells them since they can't go for Laura to go for Kelly. Um, Monica in talking with glue people brings up the concern of like, Hey, if we go for Russell, what if he has an idol? And Dave's like, nah, we don't have to worry about that. Russell wouldn't think that there would be an idol on the camp here now. And you don't even have a clue for it. I know. Um, they also plan uh, glue people plan to kill a chicken once foa foa is gone they shouldn't be counting their dead chickens before they're they're hatched or something um we go to tribal council 
um there's some <laughs> they start with just like shit talking eric while he's sitting over on the jury having to listen to all uh-huh. of it which is fun <laughs> um russell they vote russell plays the idol on himself keep hope alive he says and he would have been voted out seven to four but those seven votes don't count and so kelly gets voted out uh four to zero which is four to zero coming from a seven four is a votagami although the spreadsheet i had for some reason didn't have it marked as such but from what i could see there was no other four zero that came from a seven four there was a four zero six four but I think this is the only four zero seven four that we've seen. It is a, it was straight original tribal lines. All the mm-hmm. Galoos voted for Russell, and all the Foafoa voted for Kelly. Why do you think Shambo? I guess she just didn't fully flip yet, or I guess that would be the reason. Because she definitely doesn't like Galoo, but I'm surprised. I think she... that she like. I think that she wants Laura out. That is her like goal. And while Laura has immunity, she's, like, not really willing to rustle feathers. Yeah, that's fair. Rustle. Um, Jeff says that the idol that was played will be rehidden, which is exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breaking news, Chris. Current events of the past. Uh, I haven't done this in a while. And I was thinking about 2009. And thought that I would uh, pause before we get into our last episode that we're going to talk about. And talked about some things that happened in 2009. Uh, well, this was being filmed rather than while it was airing. Um, so this was filmed in June and July of 2009. Um, so I have three questions, three three quiz questions for you about summer 2009. Okay. Uh, first... Uh, for each of these, I have a couple clues if you want them. Mm-hmm. First, what musician died June 25th, 2009, which was day 15 of Survivor Samoa? Um, I have three one-word clues for you. Amy Winehouse. No. Good guess. Uh, was it? Family is a clue. Well, she died in 2011, like two years after this. Family? We are family? No, not like we are family. Our no, their family. Michael Jackson. Yes, okay. Michael Jackson died mm-hmm. June twenty fifth, which means that these guys like came home, and that's probably like one of the first things that they heard when they got back it was like, "Shit, Michael Jackson died." That was like a big deal when Michael Jackson died. Yeah, it was Sorry. okay. I like Michael Jackson has so much like weird history that I I don't know. I'm just oh, well, trying my to second think about him. was controversy. Yeah. Uh. Question number two for you. What famous actress died that same day? Elizabeth Taylor. No, her name is alliterative. Elizabeth Taylor also died in 2011, two years after this. Damn, I'm just like in the wrong year. (laughs) You just really love 2011. Alliterate. Was this, uh, did this person die like early, like young for their age? Like it was a surprise, like. Uh, were, they, were they like at least 60, 70? They, I mean, they died of cancer. I think they were probably around, uh, they Let's died see. when they were 62. Alliterative names. This is a, did you say this is a woman? Yes. Alliterative actors, Amy Adams. She's not dead. <laughs> or 62. B. What's uh? Do you have another clue or do you want to tell me the letter? Uh, I do have another clue. I could tell you the letter instead. Which one do you want? Yeah, give me the other clue. 
Charlie's Angels. Okay. Well, it's not her. She wasn't old enough. Because that has Lucy Liu, which is alliterative, but she didn't die. Oh, fair. Famously, fun fact about Lucy Liu, this is unrelated to a celebrity who died in 2000. Well, it is <laughs> somewhat related to death in that there's a fantastic, very brief interview you can find online where one time Lucy Liu had sex with a ghost. And what <laughs> she loved it. It was like she she says she felt everything and it was like very pleasurable. So that was related to alliterative name and death, but not the right person. Yeah. Um, I will say. So this would be other... old. So is this Farrah Fawcett? Was she an original yes. Charlie's Angel? Okay. Yeah, Farrah Fawcett. I was <laughs> the other thing that I was going to tell you is pretty much the only other thing that I know about this person is that they died the same day as Michael Jackson. <laughs> Uh, which is like, and that's just because I don't really know anything about Farrah Fawcett. Um, but yeah, so Farrah Fawcett died in, while they were filming as well. So they came back to a Michael Jackson list and Farrah Fawcett list America. Uh, last question for you What major event occurred just two days after filming wrapped up of this season, mostly impacting India, Bangladesh, and China, but partially affecting Samoa? as well uh tsunami no first clue is that it is astronomy was this like a big uh thing crashing into the ocean or something no it will happen again in about two months oh an eclipse yeah it happened for it, you in about two months won't happen for me that's true it will happen for me in in about two months mm -hmm. uh samoa was hit by a solar eclipse like, two days after... Well, saying it was hit by feels weird. A solar eclipse was visible from Samoa two days after the season ended. Isn't that kind of wild? They're I wonder if they're still there. Like, if how long they hang out afterwards for, like, wrapping up stuff. I thought you meant, like, if the solar eclipse is still there. No, if the uh, contestants. Maybe. They, like... Samoa was not in the range of totality they were like if they probably would not have been able to notice unless they were like actively watching with eclipse glasses um like it wouldn't have like really gotten dark or anything that 82 percent totality um but it was a total solar eclipse they were just not perfectly in the totality range but i was like man wouldn't it be kind of wild if they were just like playing survivor and then like oh there's an eclipse it's dark now in the middle of a challenge or something that'd be kind of fun I mean, they would have definitely known about it ahead of time and worked it into the season somehow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, I want that to happen at some point. And I was kind of shocked that, like, it almost did. <laughs> kind of. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. When does... Uh, news from 2009. In March? When do, when do they currently record in Fiji? In, like, the spring or the fall? uh like early summer like may june oh okay um there's a total lunar eclipse that's gonna that fiji will see two of them next year uh but in march and in september Ooh. um they get oh they have a total solar one happening july 22nd 2028 they get a uh, fiji, fiji will see fiji sees like a total lunar or solar eclipse like every year so many of them that's kind of wild. Are these just happening all the time and we just don't get them in the U.S.? I mean, we won't... The U.S. will not get another total solar eclipse until, like, 20... 
40 something. Yeah. And Fiji, according to this very quick website, I looked up timeanddate.com. Uh, Fiji's going to have, I guess the solar ones are, must be much more rare. They have a total solar one happening in 2028 and then a whole bunch of like partial solar or they have tons of total lunar ones. Those happen like all the time. Partial eclipses happen all the time. Yeah. And I think lunar eclipses are way more common than solar eclipses. Um, all right, cool. Um, well, that's exciting. The eclipse probably caused the death of Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett. Well, no, it was after. Uh, that's, yeah, that's what they want you to think. You get a total lunar, total lunar eclipse in uh, March of 2025. And March of 2026. They had this. Is the solar one what's happening in Ohio? And yes, that April. happened here like six or seven years ago, but I didn't live here yet. Or happened like in Oregon was like the best spot around here to see it, I guess. Uh, I it also was like in Kentucky. Um, it like came like straight across the US. I have some friends that went and visited in Kentucky. I stood outside the high school and watched some of it. I stood outside the school that I worked at and watched it. Uh, anyway, let's get into our last episode. Episode 10. Day of Reckoning. Seems ominous. Kind of like a solar eclipse. We start the night after Kelly got voted out. Russell says he's an artist, and this is one of the greatest pieces of art he's ever done. Dave from Galoo comes up and he's like, congratulations. That was a good move. Yeah, Danger Dave. Danger and Russell's Dave. like, it might have been better than my kids being born. Mm-hmm. Day 25, Russell gets up early, goes idol hunting. Uh, we get some talk from Shambo. She really hates Laura once her gone. She's hoping she has John on her side too, so it's to, which would make it really 6-4 with uh, six like FOA-FOA people kind of of the four FOA-FOA plus Shambo and John. Um, we get the reward challenge. It's going to be two teams of five. One person has to lie face down in the air on like a sling, and the other four have ropes attached to them that go pull them around and then grab the flag in the right spots. We've seen this challenge before. Uh, Not like this. The reward is a plane trip to a neighboring island with a that has a waterfall, and they'll get to have a lunch and a Palm Sprint phone to take pictures. Yeah, Palm Sprint. Um, and Dave, Brett, Laura, Russell, and Natalie face off against Shambo, Jason, Monica, Mick, and John. And this is really Natalie's game to win. She destroys this. They like are pulling Natalie around and she's hanging off this thing, only holding onto it with her legs and just crushes it. Yeah, like so impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I, our previous podcasts have been talking about like how Russell is running this game and how like annoyed we are with him, but how like he is making a lot of strategic moves this week. I am just like, Natalie is the fucking MVP. She is so impressive in every single one of these episodes. She like really reminds me of somebody too. Is there like another survivor contestant? She makes you think of, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but just watching it. Like I just like, I don't know. She seems so familiar to me. Uh, I don't know. I'll think about that for next week. Also, Russell, I feel like I'm liking him more. I think it's, I don't know, I, or I, I dislike him less, something. Yes, I think it's realm. less that I like him more and more that I dislike him less. Yeah. I think, though, that part of that is that he's getting less. Yeah, and it's less of him, like, just calling women stupid. 
That's true. Um, yeah, so Natalie wins that for her team. They take a reward trip and then get to enjoy a feast. They take pictures on the phone and they find on the phone that there are already some pictures with Clue for the idol and a video showing it is under a rock that's covered in moss. Um, all of this information gets spread around so that when they get back to camp, they are idol hunting. People know that Russell is a good idol hunter, so they're just like following him. Um, those people, that was like Dave and Laura, I think. Yeah. Um, and so Russell, like Russell fears that they are dangerously close to finding it or they're in the right spot where it is when like they're around him. So he's like, all right, Dave, if you want to follow me, let's go. And he just starts running. And then Dave like gets tired and Russell circles back to where they were and finds the idol. This guy's fucking good. Yeah. Again, this one he had clues for though, but still it is his third idol. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, and to, I thought the it was impressive to be like, oh, shit, it's around here somewhere. I'm pretty sure we need to get away from here and then I'll come back by myself. Like, that was a good move. Um, yeah, uh, they try. There's some talk of Jason and Mick trying to pull Monica into their side. Um, they tell her confidentially, like, listen, we already got a glue member on her side. She wants John gone. Um. Laura knows that people are after her. And so we just get a little bit of strategy talk before we head to the immunity challenge where they have yeah, to throw. I was, I was impressed, sorry, in this of how well Jason and Mick are doing, but also just like Galoo realizes that they are crumbling and are like, all feel like they're jumping ship a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I also like flashing back to, I think it was. It was the first episode we talked about tonight. So episode eight, at one point in their strategy talk, Dave was like, okay, let's like, what are we talking about Eric for? Like, let's get rid of Foa Foa and not worry about us. And they just keep like eating themselves alive. And although I, to be fair, episode nine, they did try to go for Foa Foa. Just an idol cost them that one. Yeah, that's fair. This all felt very similar, like storyline wise to token genes. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, Which I was like, oh, I think I originally I was like, I don't like this season because I'm really annoyed with Russell and he's the only one that I'm that is on my screen. In this round of episodes, I was like, I think I like this season now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been it's nice seeing the scramble and seeing people come from behind. Um, yeah, so this challenge, the immunity challenge, they have to throw rocks to break tiles. Each tile of your own that you break, you earn a spear to shoot at a target. Um, Brett ends up earning two, Jason gets one, Monica gets one, and Mick gets one. They shoot at the target, and Mick ends up being the closest to the center, and so he wins immunity. And This so was, like, your biggest complaint about challenges doubled. Because in both things, they, just, they got to throw one rock, and they got to throw one spear, and no practice. Mm -hmm. Especially with that spear gun, like, they, like, pull it, like go to line it up and aim it and being the first one to go here there has to suck because you have no idea like how powerful it's going to shoot like do you aim high yeah it's really i think they should get like a practice shot yeah agreed um so mick wins which means laura does not have immunity so that's the immediate talk of like okay we can finally get rid of laura shambo's on their side so they know that foa foa plus shambo is a guaranteed five five um, if they can get one more vote, then they don't have to worry about a tie. Um, 
John tells the other glue that the vote's going to be Natalie because she definitely won't have the idol. Um, and so we get some other discussion of Monica, Brett, and Dave discuss telling Foa Foa that um, they're going to vote John. Monica tells them that if she's going to flip sides, it's got to be somebody that she wants. And Russell's like, let's just go for a tie. John does a nice job of reminding us, the audience, of how the tiebreaker rules work. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Russell's counting on the fact that, like, okay, we'll do a tie, but then when it we have to do the tiebreak, then John will flip um, and be our next vote that we need. And that's what happens. We go to tribal council, and that's exactly how it goes down. It's a tie between Natalie and Laura, 5-5. Five, five. They do a revote, and John flips his vote, sending Laura home 5-3. to three. And 5-3 from a 5-5 five, five tie is a votagami. There haven't been that many ties. Oh, yeah. Ties in general tend to be votagamis. Uh, yeah, so Laura is finally gone. Shambo's yeah. dreams have been fulfilled, so who knows what she'll do now. Um, yeah. The next week's batch of episodes is three episodes, the first of which is episode 11, the first 27 days. I have watched that one already. Not good. Not worth it. Not worth it. There is a extensive talk, or not extensive. There's I, I noted two things, which we can talk about next week. But uh, yeah, not that worth it. Uh, so we'll talk about episode 11, 12, and 13. And then the week after that will be uh, 14, 15, and 16, which will get us to the end of the season and the reunion. And then Survivor 46 the week after that. Patrick, do you have a luxury item this week? I do. Uh, I actually was thinking about bringing this in previous weeks and then had other things that felt more pressing at the time or something. I don't know. Uh, last week, I just really want to talk about cheese, I guess. Um, but in the past month or so, Kayla and I watched all of the Percy Jackson series on Disney+. Plus. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, I believe, is the full title of the TV show, based on the the first season is based on the Lightning Thief book, which is the first Percy Jackson book. Um, and yeah, a couple years ago, I read. I was going to say the whole Percy Jackson series. What I mean by that is the first five books of like Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And I know that Rick Riordan has then gone on to write many more books, some of which also have Percy Jackson in them. I have read five of those, which are good, and I recommend those, but I'm specifically recommending the Disney Plus show. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good uh, like translation of the book material, um, and Kayla also really enjoyed it and uh, has not read the books, and she still really liked the show. Um, so, yeah, it's a great like coming-of-age story, great adventure, like uh, fantasy story. Um, yeah, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Sweet. Yeah, I also read those same books. I've, I think I've only seen the first episode of that series, uh, but liked it. Just haven't gotten around to finishing it yet. So that's good to hear. I'm excited for that. That made me think of my recommendation, which is not necessarily that pertinent now but will be soon, which is the Avatar The Last Airbender series. Um, and so I guess what I'm recommending is the original Avatar The Last Airbender series, which um, is an animated show from like 15 or 20 years ago 
that is fantastic. It has nothing nothing to do with the James Cameron Avatar Blue People movies. Um, but if you're not familiar with that at all, it is about a world that has different benders. There are air, water, fire, and earth benders that can like manipulate those elements. Um, and it is a fantastic series. It's like an animated like kids show, but it's full of like amazing stories and characters and um, it's great for adults as well. And Netflix is putting out a live action series of it that all of the promos for and trailers for for it make it seem like it's going to be amazing. So I'm very I've got very high hopes for it. Uh, and that comes out soon, February 22nd. So that is another reason why I'm recommending it. So if you're interested in that or you've seen trailers for it, there is an animated version that you've got some time you could watch right now while you uh, are getting ready for the live action one to come out. I did not know that it was coming out so soon. Yeah. Uh, if you do not feel like you have time to watch all 61 episodes of the original animated version, uh, the podcast House of R um, on like the Ringer podcast network uh, with Joanna Robinson and Mallory... Rubin. Rubin, thank you. Could not think of her last name for a second. Um, they are doing like a couple podcasts about... Uh, like they're rewatching the original before the Netflix series comes out, um, which I don't think that has started yet, but that will be out in a couple of weeks. So I plan on listening to them instead of rewatching the animated one uh, leading up to the Netflix show. But that's just because I still have Grace to watch and I don't have time to also watch Avatar. Right it's now. been a while since we've done a Grace check in. Where are you with Grace? Uh, if you want to avoid spoilers, fast forward about 15 seconds. I mean, you can just Garrett, close yeah. this episode. Okay. How how uh, how did that go? Uh, I didn't like how it went, but like like he just died. Like I've not really seen any aftermath. Okay, but you saw like like you saw him get taken to the hospital. I saw him die. Okay, he's dead. Okay, I didn't know if this was like you saw the car accident, or you saw like him go. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, he. In the same episode, then gets taken to the hospital, and uh, there's a whole, like, they make mistakes that they probably shouldn't be making, and he has, like, a voiceover talking about their mistakes, and he's dead. Um, yeah, so. That's big stuff. That. Some, of those, uh, some of those people that work at that doctor, or that hospital, come back. Don't forget those people. I won't, because uh, actually one of the, like, I'm watching Grey's Anatomy because I saw clips on TikTok that. Of a dinner scene? Huh? Was it of a dinner scene? Of the dinner scene, yes. <laughs> yeah. of, of a couple different scenes. I kept uh-huh. I kept realizing that uh, I was intrigued by these clips that I was watching on TikTok, and I was like, I should just fucking watch this show, I guess. But one of them was of the dinner scene, so I know that they come back. Yeah, I, don't, it's like, a... I didn't really understand the context of that dinner scene. I still don't fully understand the context of that dinner scene, but I'm sure that I will. Yeah, it is oh so awkward, but good television. All right, listeners, uh, if you've got a new show that you want us to check out, email us, travelcouncilpodcast at gmail.com. I always need shoot new shows to check out. I keep going back to old ones. Um, I'm almost through with another Lost rewatch, so I could use something new. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, email us, let us know. And for this week of Travel wait, Council. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Where are you on your Lost rewatch? I'm, I'm like two-thirds of the way through season five six how many seasons are there six six then i'm almost at the end of season five so there's season five i think it's my favorite season of lost yeah so they're 
flight Ajira. They're in the split timelines of like the seventies and yeah, closer, and closer uh-huh. to the incident. Yeah. Oh man. I, I really love like season four and five of lost. That's my jam. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, damn. I love lost. I should rewatch lost. It's a good one. Uh, sorry, Michael. I know you hate it. I love lost so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, for this week at tribal council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42.